Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, Seth Rollins and Alistair Black have a pretty great match on Monday Night Raw. We give you our NXT takeover predictions we also do our nxt takeover do over week six from brooklyn back in 2015 and while the country is on fire the forgotten sons pour some gas on it and show their ass that and a whole bunch more tonight on the band for ringside podcast <laughs> was that better that was better. That was way better. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Marks. Welcome to the Band from Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagy, a.k.a. Butternut Squash. <laughs> over, <laughs> over there. <laughs> it's so stupid. That's why I couldn't talk to you There's when so we were. good about that. <laughs> what? There's so much good about that. That's why I couldn't talk to you when we were talking before we started taping. I was like, wait a minute, I'm reading something. It's it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> and over there in Edwardsville, Illinois, we have two beers. Zach Bowman, what's going on, two beer? Oh, you know, just everything. Yeah, you, you familiar with that uh, Simpsons meme where Bart's like, ah, this is the worst day of my life. And then in an attempt to make him better, Homer is like, the worst day of your life so far. <laughs> and that's pretty much like what I feel like. Just every day is just worse than the day before it. Um, yeah. Yeah. That, it's... That, 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 I'm not isolated in that. No, I, you're not. Everybody right now. It's been a tough one. Uh, it's been a tough one for the country, and uh, we're certainly not ignoring it here over at Band from Ringside. Um, while we may not be qualified to talk about everything that's going on in the country, um, we are certainly, uh, I think it's fair to say, a Black Lives Matter podcast. Um, if you don't agree with that, I don't know what to tell you. We have a black guy, uh, but we told him to stay away this week because he was too angry. You know, which he tends to get sometimes. <laughs> so we just told him to stay. No, uh, Jason is traveling right now. We don't have him. So you just got, hey, you just got me and Zach. Like we did on the very first podcast. You remember that way back when, Zach? Oh, God, please don't go back and listen to it. It was had to be terrible. Uh, I have not. I've heard that it's everybody. I've heard somebody say to me, oh, it sounds so different. Um that's just a nice way of saying it sounds terrible. I can't bring myself to go back <laughs> yeah. and listen to it. Uh, it is available, as are all of our uh, back catalog. But we are I am coming at you from South City, St. Louis, uh, from my beautiful, chilly basement. Um, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun this week. I have to address something uh, for all of our constant listeners, for all of our loyal listeners, I should say. Something happened last week on the podcast where... I always give my AKA and my friend Bo Geesman, <laughs> who we call Vice, uh, he always sends me three funny wrestling puns every week, every week. And he's really, really good about it. He sent me a couple today, even though he said he was drunk. He even said, I think one of those is fucking hilarious. One is very heady and one is for the masses, but he only sent me two. And sorry, and he also ended with sorry I was playing golf all day and got too drunk to send something, but he did send something. But last week, he gave me three, but I came up with one of my own, which was rhetoric flair. 
and I liked it a lot. And when I usually say my AKs at the beginning, you know, Zach laughs, Jason Bell laughs. How hard they laugh depends on how funny it was. I said Rhetoric Flair, and they completely no-sold me. And I thought maybe there was something. Oh, and it was hard to no-sell. <laughs> I thought... I thought maybe like there was something wrong with the audio or something, but I had to keep going. You know, I live off that laughter, you know, guys, I live off of it. And <laughs> when I said rhetoric flair and they no sold me, I kept going. It kind of threw me off for like the first five minutes. And then I, and then at the end of it, at the end of the podcast last week, Zach says, RIP to bills, AKAs. And Jason says, no, don't say that. We'll talk about it off the air, but I'm going to talk about it on air. That Bo <laughs> apparently got offended that I was going to do rhetoric flair as opposed to the three that he gave me, which were let me let me tell you what they were. You know, sometimes there's winners, sometimes there's losers. Six million dollar hand, which is pretty good. Uh, smark my words, and Chelsea Handler, which is probably my favorite. But I I, I went out on my own. That's pretty good. <laughs> I went out on my own, and I just burned all three of them. Fuck it, because he did this to me. I went out on my own. I told him, you know what? I'm going to do rhetoric flair. He texted Zach and Jason before the podcast and told them to no-sell my AKA. Told them to no-sell my AKA, me. So, yes, the country's having a bad week, but I had a worse one because those dudes no-sold my AKA. <laughs> I'm just kind of kidding, but uh, I, I thought you guys would like to know that. Uh, before before we get too far into it, uh, let me tell you about F&B Eatery uh, over there on Hampton. I'll tell you what about F&B Eatery. They have tremendous smashed burgers. They are doing roadside assist or roads, curbside pickup, parking available, kid-friendly, <laughs> delivery, takeout, outdoor seating, good for groups. They accept credit cards. They have the best smash burger in town. They will do breakfast also, which is very cool. They're on 3453 Hampton in South St. Louis. Go and see them and tell them the band from Ringside sent you. And without further ado, let's get to that three counts. Okay, this is usually where Jason starts it. I'll start it this time. Uh, the one count's going to be, obviously, there is tons of shit going on in America, all over the world right now, to be frank. And, of course, WWE mimics real life, and WWE had some fireworks on Twitter also. Riker from the Forgotten Sons, uh, a, a group that we've made fun of quite a bit. I probably should have had this pulled up. A group that I've made fun of quite a bit. Uh, Zach hasn't made fun of them because he doesn't watch uh, SmackDown or Raw. But uh, Jackson Riker, when the when Trump came out the other day and said that he was willing to use the military to go against U.S. civilians, something that hasn't happened since 1807, Jackson Riker says, thank. Thankful for the POTUS we have. God bless America, built of freedom, forgotten no more. Uh, Zach, what did you think about that when you saw it? Man, I have been staying away from social media for a variety of reasons, um, some of which are, I'm sure, obvious to a lot of listeners. But uh, I actually saw it in the context of Kevin Owens retweet and comment 
uh, which was a really pretty glorious thing. Uh, I have it here he just, like, if you want me to read it. Truth. Yeah, go ahead. I loved it because of how blunt and truthful and, I mean, it's not, I mean, he's just right. Like, he's just right about this. Kevin yeah. Owens, anyway, who's ahead. best friends with Sami Zayn, and it's well known, and Sami Zayn is an outspoken lefty. And Kevin Owens seems to be an outspoken lefty. Kevin Owens says, the freedom you speak of entitles you to speak your mind all you want. I'm not here to argue that. I just really need to tell you that I think you pushing your shitty wrestling catchphrase as all of this is happening is absolutely fucking pathetic. Good night. Hey, guys. That is, in the words of Jason Bell, cold-blooded yes that is cold-blooded and uh uh, mustafa ali who we haven't seen in a long time also got on social media said something pretty much the same effect but this Ali, former police officer mustafa ali former police officer former chicago police officer i believe chicago police officer absolutely yeah which is you know he wasn't some fucking rinky dink sheriff's deputy or whatever you know, jerking off on the midnight shift. He wasn't. Like, he wasn't David Arquette and Scream. You know, guys. Yes. He was in Chicago. He was in. You know, he was in it. You know what I mean? But um, you know, our politics are pretty clear. We've talked about it plenty. On. I mean, if you've listened to us, you know where our politics are. I think it's fucking. Did Jackson Riker not expect to get some blowback for this? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I mean, do you just live in such a bubble? Like, and I, I and first I thought I was like, ah, well, maybe we'll get him the benefit of the doubt, and like maybe he's like working an angle, right? Even though that's really bad decision making, it's not like he has not been led by the nose of really bad decision making. Whenever he works for a company that you know went to Saudi Arabia like the same week a journalist was murdered, right? Like this is like not you know this company's not on the right side of history. And I was like, maybe, maybe he was told to work this angle. Cause that's kind of their whole thing. It's like their former military dudes. He's like a former military dude. And they're like working this like veteran angle. And then like, apparently there's some other social media shit that came out. I, I don't have it in front of me or anything, but no, this guy's just an asshole. Yeah. He seems to be, yeah, he seems to be just an asshole. He came out, uh, some shit came out, some, a Facebook post that he did last year, said that he recommended that uh black people go watch 12 years a slave and see how good they actually have it now which is ew. oh yeah that's what it was that is pretty cringy man like i'm all for freedom of speech i'm all for freedom of ideas but i'm also all for if you're a public figure and you decide to put it out there then i'm all for the freedom for people to blow back on you uh, so to speak, and let you fucking have it, which people really let this guy fucking have it. I don't think that anything's going to come of it. I don't think that uh, they'll work it into a storyline or anything like that. I don't think it was that big of a deal. But it is worth noting that on a on a week like this, with such such a tumultuous week, I should say, in uh, the USA, that it it even. Uh, reared its head on Twitter, on wrestling Twitter amongst, you know, Kevin Owens is no, he's a lot bigger than Jackson Riker. You know, not, not, nobody knows Jackson Riker's name. I had to look up which one it is. I'll tell you the truth. I still not sure which one it is, but I know now I know that he's a piece of shit and I'll never root for him. Yeah. I mean, that's not a, a way to get heel heat 
And I mean, like, look, man, I, I make stupid jokes, and that, that, at the same time, they're they're jokes. Um, might be like comedy necromancy, right? Like, you know, it's not like shock value comedy. Like, I just have like a sense of humor, and I that's how I kind of deal with stuff around me is to make jokes. So this guy was not joking, and it's not like a political issue. It really shouldn't be. Like, you know, it shouldn't be like a left right issue. Um, that's how divided we are as a country right now, and it's pretty disgusting and worrisome because this should be like a a unifying thing like the covid thing should have been a unifying thing and this should be a unifying thing and it's incredibly divisive and it's because we have no leadership and whenever the rock who is a hollywood actor and ex-wrestler did you did you see his speech i didn't see the rocks no yeah he, he put out a thing on his twitter about nine minutes or whatever um when the rock who like i said hollywood actor ex-wrestler comes out and is more like captivating unifying uh eloquent and empathetic and caring than the majority of our nation's leaders especially our president but i mean even like the rest of like the politicians and the people that we're looking to you know for leadership uh like he's doing better than all of them and it was like he even, he even seemed like he waited like a while to put this out like hey is there anybody anybody else gonna step up and like you know say anything about this you know terrible shit happening but yeah right. it's worth a watch um it was good on him you know for for coming out and saying things that need to be said and it was not politically divisive it was not a left versus right thing it was just like hey man like we're all better than this and you know we need to like come together to to figure this shit out it's gonna be hard but I wouldn't. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if he had political aspirations. <laughs> I really. I mean, I really would. Well, he he did that thing where he came out on the Tonight Show and said he was running for president. Like, uh, I think it was after Trump came and he was like, "Oh, well, fucking anybody can be president." Like, you know. I mean, Rock's just like, yeah, like I'll it, do that. It's hard to argue with after this fucking idiot's president. And listen, you know, I'm not trying to divide our 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 audience or anything, but I just want to say that. Trump is a fucking idiot, and you're smarter than Trump. Whoever's listening to this right now, you're smarter than Trump. And maybe I've had even, a couple even beers your already. WWE marks, even your WWE marks, you're you're way smarter. Than Trump. <laughs> and uh, you know, you know, Jason Bell, who's not here, is a big time Trumper. So I know he'd be fighting back <laughs> on us at every instance here. Uh, you know, when Kevin Owens put that thing out, a lot of people were replying to him i was looking at the replies and the tweets and a lot of people were putting pictures of the mcmahons in the oval office with trump and listen not everybody this this is this is america like we uh, you know for for better or for worse it's a capitalistic capitalistic society i work for a gigantic financial firm one of the biggest in the country one of the biggest in the world and i don't i bet my bosses don't vote for the most vulnerable people they know. They probably vote for their taxes. They probably voted for, you know, the piece of shit in office. And I don't mind fucking saying it. Uh, but that doesn't mean that I can't afford to not make a living. I still have to make a living. So if you're trying to own Kevin Owens with that shit, just fuck right the hell off. It's such a fucking stupid. It's, it's such a stupid response to something that is... It's just so much more nuanced to that, and I guess that that's what Twitter does to everybody. You know, we don't have to do that much more on this. Hey, Jason, uh, did you see? Did you like what Jackson Riker put on uh, Twitter? Oh hell no! You didn't, because uh, 
I thought he kind of showed his ass. Stevie Warner could see that. All right, thanks for chiming in. Uh, Zach, anything else that you want to say? I wish I could hear that. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Anything else that you want to say on this before we get into some actual wrestling? Uh, Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. That's good enough for me to uh, keep doing what you're doing out there, protesters. Uh, That'll move it to our two counts. All right, Zach, let's get into some actual wrestling. Yeah, so for a few hours this week, I was, you know, kind of able to escape the dystopian hellhole that is um, our country at the moment. So um, AW was what I watched first, uh, opened up with a very solid uh, tag team match, Kenny Omega and Hangman Page facing Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc because they had earned that uh, title opportunity. Um just recently, I don't know if it was double or nothing, or maybe last week's dynamite. I can't even remember like one day to another anymore. Um, but there was a little bit of interference. I mean, like I could see like some people that kind of get down on interference, you know, having some issues with this match. But Penelope Ford came out. That whole that's the whole story is Penelope Ford kind of gets these guys their chances, right? Even though they're both good wrestlers, that's like the storyline. And Rick Knox, you know ejected her after she tried to hurricane Rana on hangman page and he caught her it was a pretty funny spot where he's like what do I, hangman just looks at the right he's like what do i do what do i do <laughs> uh even though she's not a legal participant he could have just power bombed her ass and they wouldn't have been disqualified or anything but uh it was still a funny spot um but it was good tag team wrestling and they got the revival in the crowd uh, i like that they start out their shows with a good wrestling match like a just a good pro wrestling match with no commercial interruptions they do that every week and i love it yeah who who do you like more i mean sabian and havoc were never going to beat page and omega um they're two guys that we don't see wrestle as much as we see other guys wrestle i mean i i watch aew after dark as much as i can but it's uh, admittedly it's not all that much um Sabian really impressed me. I liked watching him a lot. Apparently, he's 28 years old. Uh, he seems to have a lot going for him. How about you? Yeah, I really do. Uh, Jimmy Havoc kind of has a ceiling, right? Uh, he's a niche guy. Agreed. And, I mean, he knows it. Like, yeah. he fills that niche really well. He's really good at what he does. Um, seems like a really likable dude. Um, but Kip Sabian, I think doesn't necessarily have that ceiling, especially with Penelope Ford, who is going to be his wife. Um, so, I mean, they're going to be like a, a duo, right? And they're, I think they're going to be a power duo in AW. Uh, I think he's got a lot of upside. And, of course, she has a ton of upside. Yeah. Yes. She's super athletic. I mean, she's, uh, she's beautiful. Right? Yes. I mean, just beautiful. But she's also incredibly athletic. And once, you know, she gets, she's had a few years of wrestling, but once she has like more years of like actual wrestling wrestling, um, she's going to have even more upside than him, I think. So, um, but yeah, I think they're a good couple. All right. And next we had, there was a Spears and Tully backstage thing. Uh, we yeah, had Tully laid into Spears and then kind of gave him a black glove after that. So we don't know what that signifies, but apparently Tully and uh, Spears are still a, Still a team. I think and I was calling. We'll sorry, I think I was calling Brian Cage, Brian Page last weekend or last week during the podcast. My bad. Of course, it's Brian Cage. <laughs> I know who he is. His name is Brian Cage, right? Yeah, he's a Diamond Dallas Cage's son. 
<laughs> he took on a jobber. Uh, Taz then cut a promo afterwards. Moxie came out and cut an incredible promo on Brian Cage. Oh, man. Total champion, man. I mean, like, he they, really... They were really selling this this fight. Yes. Yeah. I mean, they're selling it so much better than they sold the Moxley Brody Lee fight, don't you think? I do. I think I think we had said it before. I feel like they kind of pulled the trigger on that one a little early and it was like just kind of a placeholder. Um and they they threw it together and I don't like the stolen belt gimmick. I mean, that's the story that's been done a bunch and I don't I don't like it. It's an it's a way to get heat, like an old school way to get heat, but it's Maybe, you know, maybe it fell flat because of, there's no fans. But, right. Um, uh, but, yeah, this – and plus, I just think this dynamic, like, Moxley's just, like, a real tough son of a bitch. And Brian Cage is uh, impressive, right? He looks impressive. He's a, a huge guy who can do crazy flippy shit. And yeah. you yeah. wonder about how a guy can beat a guy like that, right? Right. It's like Moxley's the gritty fighter. Like, he's the fighter, and Cage is the guy that that obviously looks incredible, looks jacked, you know. He's completely jacked. Uh, I could do without the the facial hair thing, but, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see this fight because I could honestly see it go either way. And are they waiting till Fighter Fest for it? Uh, I think so, and uh, Fighter Fest is going to be a two-week thing on dynamite essentially so they're gonna have like it's not gonna be bleacher report like it was last year it's gonna be filmed live it'll be live one night and then they'll shoot the rest of it that same night um and then they'll air it the next week so uh, it won't be so it'll be like a pay-per-view on tv which i think is a cool idea yeah it is and especially you know with a limited crowd you mean you, this is you might as well get the ratings for it instead of trying to you know absolutely i don't think people are gonna even though they delivered last time 50 bucks for the pay-per-view it is you know yeah people have limited money uh you're yeah, you're truly included issue yeah i thought it was gonna be more of an issue but it was their best-selling pay-per-view to date and i think part of it is like uh what would we have done we'd have gone to joey's right yeah we ain't going to joey's right now you no. know so that's like multiple people we there's usually like eight to ten people in there and those eight to ten people all want to see it you know it's it's easier to throw 10 bucks at joey and 10 bucks at some pizza right um, but there's still people that want to see that and they're going to spend each individual is going to spend 50 bucks on it that's, re- that's really encouraging yeah. you know if you would if we would how long's aew been going a year and a half exactly exactly a year because their first the first show was double or nothing um as far as like regular like yeah how how long's the tv like how long's it been on tv october I, yeah that sounds about right so i mean if we're talking when we were because we talked a lot going into aew making its debut and what we wanted for it and what we wanted wrestling to be if you would have told me that they would have had their best pay-per-view uh selling in the middle of a global pandemic I would have been like, hold on, are my parents still alive? And then I would have been like, no doubt. <laughs> I would have been like, okay, so cool, they're still alive. How did they do that? I mean, that's really impressive for them, and it's it's encouraging going forward. It really is, yeah. And I think not oversaturating their fans and 
the fact that you for have sure. uh, lo- for sure. fan loyalty. Yes. Because, like, you know, I don't mind giving my money to AEW because uh, they're not Vince. I don't feel bad about it. Yeah, they're not Vince. Like, it's not like the literal epitome of evil corporation, right? Like, Vince might be the greatest promoter in the history of wrestling, but, like, he embodies so much negativity about uh, such a variety of things that I don't like, and I don't like giving my money to that, whereas I don't mind giving my money to, even though Tony Khan is a billionaire and I'm all eat the rich, uh, like, at least, like, he seems to be, you know, he seems to care about what the fans want <laughs> he and seems... to give them a good product. Well, he's not sending people to Saudi Arabia. Uh, yeah, and he's, he's not firing people and making them lose their spots if they don't want to come to work either, you know, and amidst the global pandemic, you know. Right. He uh, opened up his goddamn show with a with a Black Lives Matter vignette. That's one thing we didn't mention. You know, that's how the show Did opened. he? I, mi- yeah. I, I missed that. I must. I was, yeah, was, uh, uh, it was, I was, at, I was in drive through at Dairy Queen. <laughs> of course. Uh, well, they but, got the uh, new, yeah, they got the new simple. Wonder Woman cookie collision blizzard. I don't know if you knew that. Does it taste like Al Uh You mean, no, it didn't, because um, Palestinian lives matter. <laughs> so, I mean, fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making everything political tonight! No, she, I mean, she's really hot. Uh, so they did open oh, yeah. up with a Black Lives Matter thing, huh? Yeah, it was just real simple. It was a black screen, white letters, you know, just like, you know, I forget exactly what it said, but, it, you know, simple message, like, we hear you. We're listening. We're with you. We stand with you. You know, you matter. Like stuff like that. So, uh, um, coming up next, we had Colt Cabana versus Colt Cabana. Colt Cabana versus Chris Jericho, and the announcers seemed pretty surprised that this is the first time these guys had ever fought. Just in the quick, in just doing a quick once over in my brain, I was like, that doesn't surprise me at all. Like they both been around for no. uh, obviously Jericho's been around forever. Colt has been around for a long time, but that doesn't really surprise me. They've never fought each other. Yeah, I mean, whenever Jericho's been in WWE forever and he's pretty much insulated, but you can only wrestle people in WWE, it's not surprising Right, all. and Cabana's yeah. been on the indies. I mean, I guess yeah. they could have crossed paths when they gave Cabana, when Cabana was in WWE for that cup of coffee and... They gave him a real Jewy name. I can't remember what it was. Uh, the match was okay. Jericho seemed to, Jericho seemed pretty slow in that match, to be honest. It didn't seem like he was really bringing his A game. Uh, I guess what you can't really expect a 50-year-old to do anymore. He is he is getting old. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, like he's like a master of his craft. But, uh, yeah, I mean, he's no spring chicken, that's for sure. Yeah, like, he- I imagine he's hurting after matches. And I imagine he's hurting in the ring whenever. And it I th- happens. I can't believe he still pulls the lion salt out every now and then. <laughs> I know. And I think Cabana's like my age. I think he's probably around 40 years old. I, I think we're exactly the same age. I think him, me, and Punk, I think we're all the same age. You know, us three that all went to high school together. Cabana, <laughs> Cabana me, and Punk. Um, Orange Cassidy came yeah, out. Punk really does seem like a Duchenne guy. You know? <laughs> Don't tell him where I went to high school. Duchenne, pioneers, pioneers, Duchenne. Uh, Orange Cassidy came out and kind of fucked with Jericho for a little while. Um, I guess we're definitely getting an Orange Cassidy Jericho match because last week he had that awesome angle where he just kind of wandered through their interview, which yes, cracked me up. Yes, which I enjoy. I enjoy that. 
Orange Jericho or Orange Jericho. Orange Cassidy versus Jericho seems like a straight up comedy match though, doesn't it? It does. It's not gonna headline a pay per view, but no. I can see it headlining a dynamite and getting great ratings. Yes. I, I definitely want to see it. I'm not, you know, we th- this is not Jason Bell in here. Like I I like a little bit of comedy in my wrestling. I love you know me. I love Yano. Oh yeah. Yano. Yano. I'm I'm a big Yano guy too. I know you're uh, a big Yano guy too. Jason doesn't like Yano at all. But I love Jason, what do you think about Yano? Oh hell no. Well, I mean, he brings a lot of joy to a lot of people, Jason, so sorry, dude. Um <laughs> We had Nyla Rose uh, versus we, Swole. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm I'm stealing your bit. That match, we yeah. No, it's fine. Real quick before that match, we did do uh, a private party Matt Hardy uh, segment where it looks like we're gonna get Hardy Party or Party Hardy, and yeah. uh, another really fun trios. So like AEW's filled with awesome trios, and this seems like really good for a variety of reasons because. Of course, Private Party is very reminiscent of, you know, Hardy Boys. Definitely take after them. Yeah. And they absolutely need a guy, a veteran like Matt Hardy, to show them the ropes and take them under their wing. And I think it's perfect. Uh, couldn't be, couldn't be, have been a smarter decision. I think it's absolutely perfect. Yeah, that's great, especially coming off the stadium stampede because Matt Hardy doesn't have to stay in the main event. Matt Hardy's better used, you know, using younger guys and putting them over. I I love it also. Should AEW get a six-man tag belt? I think so. Uh, I I only say that because of the depth of their roster and the absolute uh, plethora of trios, of not just trios, not like just have like three guys, but of like actual quality entertaining trios that they have right also the depth of the roster and the fact that they only have one show per week to get guys on tv to get guys over having a six-man belt just makes sense to me i'm all for it uh what was next oh yeah neither rose and big swole which uh you know i kind of got more than i expected out of this at least uh i wasn't expecting like too much Uh, they're both pretty green um but Big Swole has definitely been running her mouth at Nyla for a long time, and so it was kind of cool uh, to see them go at it. Um, I, I, I mean, I like them both, but um, definitely, you know, pretty, like, hard-hitting match, and Nyla gets a win after her, her big loss, but it doesn't really hurt Swole at all because Nyla's, like, literally a beast, and um, Swole came out and straight up said, like, you know, she doesn't care that she lost. Like she's like, I'll get her next time. She just wanted to beat on her, you know. So, uh, but after that, we did have uh, the uh, Britt Baker, Shivani. Oh, it was that was that Britt Baker? Yeah, like Shivani's in there too. I, I said it last <laughs> week. I was like, I hope they make Britt Baker like a weekly thing, even though she's hurt, and they're doing it. And yeah, it's it, it was pretty. Fu- yeah, it was pretty funny. I like, you know, slow-mo, like that slow-mo rehab vignettes, but it's all over the top, very tongue-in-cheek. It's just good, you know, until it gets stale and then, you know, let it run its course. But, you know, while she's, you know, got some star power and while she's, you know, got this momentum, like, you know, just let her her keep doing it. It's kind of like, you know, the fashion police. Like, those were not the 
which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a minute. But those oh, were yeah. not like oh, the yeah. height of. <laughs> we're talking of, about the fashion know, police. For sure. But those were not like the height of, you know, intellectualism or like the height of entertainment. But I'll be goddamned if I was not thrilled to tune into SmackDown back when SmackDown was good. Actually, uh, that's a tremendous comparison because I like the Britt Baker stuff, too, because it doesn't have to be top of the card and it doesn't have to be completely fucking stupid. It can be it can be mid card or lower to mid card and still serve its purpose. And kind of, you know, I thought the fashion police were genius. And I thought this Britt Baker, the Britt Baker thing on Wednesday night, I thought it was really good, too. Yeah, I was a fan. Uh, Shivani also had a segment where he interviewed FTR and they came out and said what the FTR stands for, which they can mean a variety of things. It can mean, you know, for the revolution or follow the rules, which are incidentally two completely opposite ideas. Yes. (laughs) But um, what did you think of their what do you think of their interview? I thought it was really good uh, because they, you know, talked that they put over all these tag teams. Uh, except the Young Bucks, which everybody you know expects this dream match out of them and the Young Bucks, and that's what we're waiting for. But they're like, no, we want to wrestle these guys and these guys, and uh, no, we don't want to wrestle the Young Bucks. We want to knock them out and pin them in three seconds because you know we want to show that they're they're nothing. That was my favorite part when they go. I were they talking about the Young? Bucks? I thought they were talking about the Lucha Brothers, but they might have been talking about the oh, Young he Bucks. Said we're gonna- with well, the Lucha Brothers, he said they're they're going to show them the emphasis on tag team. Or he said we're going to show them how tag team wrestling is emphasis on tag because they never tag. Right, and well, and then he said about the Young Bucks, he goes, I, he goes, I don't want to put on, we don't want to put on the match of the night. We want to punch them in their mouth. And then Dash, yeah. Dash Wilder goes, I want to put them out in six. I want to pin them in three seconds, which was great. I I thought they were really good. Um, I thought it was really funny when Shivani goes, I always thought FTR stood for fuck the revival and they bleeped out fuck <laughs> and the revival. <laughs> yeah, that was my favorite part probably of the night. Honestly, this delivery was perfect. It was real. It was real good. And then, uh, the main event was Cody versus jungle boy. Yeah, exactly what it should have been. Uh, Cody is totally his father's son. He's going to gig in every opportunity he can gig. Like, he's like, he's never going to stop gigging. Like, for people that get mad for when Cody blades, he's going to do it anytime he wants because he's got damn Dusty Rhodes' son. You ever seen Dusty Rhodes' forehead? Yeah. <laughs> it, the, mean, the blood seemed pretty unnecessary in the Jungle Boy match, but hey, you know, do your thing, man. Yeah, it's his company. Like, you know, like, you know, blood your main event, you know, whatever. I'm fine with it. And, uh, Really put over Jungle Boy, even though, um, you know, he's not going to win. He's not going to beat Cody, who's the top guy in the company. But he's definitely going to get competitive. And it added storytelling dynamics because he was arguing with MJF during the match. So they're really playing off like they're going to continue that MJF feud. So and I also everything about it. Yeah. And also on a granular level, it helps Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, to have a main event match on a dynamite with a guy like Cody Rhodes. You know, he's going to learn Absolutely. things from the Cody guy's Rhodes. Like 20, 24 years old or something? I don't think he's that you know old. What I, mean? like, I think he's younger than that. He might, even, he might be like 22, yeah. AEW was really good, though. All right, Zach, and how was your NXT experience on Wednesday night? What you think? 
Uh, NXT was okay. It was a go-home show for NXT in your house, which uh, I'm a fan of the branding of that, like I mentioned last week. Uh, but we start out with uh, Candice LeRae and Mia Yim, which is um, not a bad way to start. You need to feed that cat. You can hear that? I turned the mic off. No, he's sitting right <laughs> in front. This is not the shitter like Millie was last week or two weeks ago. This is Zan Man. I'm watching him eat. He's just a mouthy motherfucker. Is that? Uh, I was going to say, is that the one that looks like Hitler? But I think they both look like Hitler. Right? They both kind of look like Hitler, yeah. I also own Mein Kampf, but I bought it at a book. I bought it a book thing for one dollar. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I'm taking a far cry from my one count here. But uh, <laughs> you wouldn't buy Mein Kampf for a dollar. Oh yeah, I probably would. I mean, it's just for a dollar. It's hardback too. Uh, I, nice. I I read like a hundred pages of it, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb here. Hitler was kind of fucked up. <laughs> That's a hot take. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Cold blooded. Okay, sorry. All right. <laughs> so Candace LeRae versus um, Mia Yim. Yeah. So um, I like Candace's new gimmick, the Candace and Johnny thing. And I don't know if people know. I don't know if we've mentioned it before, but Mia Yim and um, okay, Keith Lee are a couple. Like, there's a reason. Like, Keith Lee's coming out to like save Mia Yim. Um, they're like an actual couple. I'm actually. Uh, I'm. I know that Johnny Gargano is so good, but I'm actually surprised at how smoothly he became a great heel. Really? I know that's the thing, uh, because he embodies the quintessential baby face, right? He's, uh, he's definitely like smaller guy, uh, fights from below, like yes. an underdog. Um, it is remarkable really. And it just shows how smart he is and how talented he is that he was able to just literally turn. Yeah, what a, what a brain for the business, blowback. you know? Yeah, it was like whenever Daniel Bryan, like uh, I saw Daniel Bryan's like last big heel turn live on uh, the SmackDown where he cheated to win the WWE Championship from AJ Styles. Uh, he, that was in St. Louis. And I mean, of course, I marked out uh, because I got to see a title change, but it was because I got to see a title change. Like uh, he, looking back on it and rewatching it, he was so good at doing that because uh, he was you know such a baby face again it's daniel bryan but he was able to you know make that turn work even though his get his heel gimmick sucked because vince thinks that being someone who's interested in being a responsible earth citizen is actually a bad guy uh but oh yeah like, vince thought that was the uh, heeliest, he, heeliest thing he could do yeah uh so uh, next, we're going to have, like, a Black Lives Matter protester being a heel. Like, that's going to be, like, a whole thing. He's going to put Mustafa Ali out there as a heel. I'm going to put it past him. But, uh, but yeah, anyway, that uh, was a, a digression. But uh, Candice and, and Yim, they have a singles match before uh, it goes into a double countout. And then um, Johnny comes down and urges her to, you know, keep beating on her. And then Keith Lee comes down for the save. And then... You know, there's a melee, and then they announce it as, like, a mixed tag, right? So there's a lot of kind of, I don't want to say overbooking, but there's a lot of booking going on. It's in the, the Teddy Long segment. It's the Teddy Long special, man. It's it's so main rostery that I pretty much can't stand it when NXT does that because that's not what NXT should be. NXT should be the antithesis to the main roster. NXT should be trying to do 
what AEW is doing, which is making it fresh, making it seem more like a wrestling show and less like, a, you know, for lack of a better term, less like a Vince show, less like a show. Yeah, that- I think that's why. I think that's why this stuff rubs me the wrong way so much and why I get so upset when, you know, I see NXT and it has this main roster stuff on it because it's invading, like, something that I like and care about. Well, yeah, Uh, when they have Candice LeRae versus Mia Yim, you know that the two guys are going to get involved. Fine. I don't mind if they get involved. They have a match coming up on Sunday at TakeOver, Saturday. I don't mind that they get involved. I mind when you come back from commercial and all of a sudden it's a mixed tag match. It's like, well, what was the show going to do if the two guys wouldn't have interfered like they weren't supposed to interfere anyway? That's what bothers me. I don't like it when there's a main event that's made in the first segment of the show, which didn't happen on this show, but that's a main, that's a main roster type thing that I just don't yeah, want to see on NXT. What would the main yeah, if it would have been like a main event, like, well, what were you planning for the main event then? Like, right. So Did you just have no plan? Scripted. Right. It's so yeah. it's so stupid. Just make it make it more believable. That's all. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, so they have the, they have a match. Johnny or Keith gets Johnny up for like a spear bomb. Johnny pulls car keys out of his pocket and like gouges Keith Lee's eyes, which. Uh, a minute later, Keith Lee's fine. Like the last time we saw this happen, it was uh, is Santana or Ortiz. I can't remember. I think it was Ortiz took, uh, or maybe it was Jericho. Jericho did it to uh, goddamn John Moxley, and John Moxley wore an eye patch for like two months. Yeah, like, right. He wore it at airports, and like he wore it <laughs> everywhere. Right. And like Keith Lee's fine. Like thirty seconds later, and that's the main roster shit that like annoys me. Um, and then, uh, of course we get more Dexter Loomis, which your boy, I guess this guy's actually an artist. Uh, I, I Googled like, uh, Dexter Loomis picture cause I wanted to see this picture again and, uh, it came up and he has like a lot of pictures, I guess his Twitter and Instagram and stuff like he's like, he draws kind of in that, um, character style, like, you know, the six flags. Oh, so he actually drew that. He actually drew that, I'm pretty sure, because there's a bunch of his art and stuff. So, uh, which is, you know, kind of adds a layer to this like onion of Dexter Loomis. But uh, I don't know. It was weird. It was just weird. It, it was weird. It. it made it. It made him seem like a comedy guy too. Which yeah, absolutely. I, I don't want like at least let him be a non-comedy guy for a while before you make him a comedy guy. Like this is the same shit they're doing the Viking Raiders. Yeah, I mean, I thought he was a serial killer on week one, and then now he's, like, coming out and helping Velveteen Dream, and I don't know. Hey. Like, it's a death gimmick. Yeah, I'm going to give a little peek behind the curtain here. We have about 25 minutes left to go. We have to talk about the takeover do-over, and then we have our predictions. So Okay, cool. Yeah, so we can breeze through. Um, Because there really wasn't a whole lot. Yeah, Nice versus Swerve was... It, and He's I lost again. Listen, <laughs> I, I would love to sit here and talk to you for the next hour and a half, but unfortunately, we can't do this during these pandemic times or until I buy another computer. <laughs> I yelled that up at my Holy wife. Shit. Hopefully, she doesn't come uh, But yeah, Nice lost again. Then we got uh, a triple threat 
tag okay. team match. Now, here's what I wanted to talk about. I really just wanted to skip past yeah. Nice and Swerve so we could talk about the return of my dude, Fandango. Brazango. Yeah, Brazango, oh, man. Yeah. They're great. And we're going to talk about Tyler Breeze a little bit later. They won the triple threat uh, tag team match. They're going to be the number one contenders, which I love. Now, they probably won it just to get fed to the champs, uh, Imperium, but it was nice seeing Brazango again, right? It was. I think it's weird. I mean, I know they're kind of they're a big deal around NXT. I think it's weird that like, oh, he's back, and then they're in a number one contenders match, and then they win, and now they're number one contenders. Like, I know that they're like bigger stars than most of the tag teams in NXT. It just seems, it's just like kayfabe. It's like how do you how do you justify it, right? Like, it just seems kind of weird for them to get thrown into that mix right away. But I am thrilled to see them back. Uh, because or Fandango back because dude it takes talent to make a male stripper gimmick entertaining that's what he is right I mean mean, when we come down to brass tacks yeah he's a he's a male stripper he is yeah so fucking good though and he's a Mm -hmm. he's a great wrestler too man the guy's got chops I'm I'm, I'm a Fandango mark I really am uh, they did a really cool Rhea Ripley, Io Shirai, Charlotte Flair vignette that I was a fan of. Aaliyah uh, lost to Santana Garrett, which was kind of strange. I like uh, Cameron Grimes getting another decisive win against Bronson Reed. What, what What's your take on Cameron Grimes right now? Uh, I think he should be on this takeover card because he's good enough. He's smart enough. Gosh darn it people like him oh hell no <laughs> no uh, jason i like him too you shouldn't talk like that jason <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh the cruiserweight uh classic not, not cruiser classic the cruiser nate cruiserweight championship which is no longer the interim championship it's now just for the belt uh el hio del fantasma versus drake maverick uh good match um very good match you know, these guys are both Steve really Warren talented. See that. And, um, you know, Elio Del Fantasma wins and kind of a tear-jerking moment, right, where we think that Drake Maverick might be out of a job now. He's lost everything. and uh, It was really well done. With a, with, a, with a clipboard with, like, an NXT contract and crowd went wild, you know, what the few people that they had, you know, in there. Right. Uh, but uh, I think – I still think it's weird – that they're calling attention to all of the releases and layoffs and stuff. Uh, but I am thrilled that Drake Maverick gets to keep his job. And I, I still want to know whether this was a, a work from the very beginning or if he was just that good that he convinced them to hire him back. He's a really talented dude. Uh, I saw some of him on TNA Impact. He was really talented then. He's a really good baby face fighting from underneath. He's a he's a fun heel. You know, he was the who was he the manager for? Authors of Pain? Yeah, and then they made him piss his pants. Yeah, you know, uh, TV. I, I completely forgot about that. Um I I think it's weird that they made a story out of it too, but they also had CM Punk try to eat Paul Bear's ashes, so I mean, they'll make a story out of anything. Uh I think the biggest takeaway, I, I watched the entire match. I was enthralled. I think Phantasma really can tell a story in the ring. Like, 
he's really good at building a match. You know, this is where it starts. These are the, these are the beats we have to hit to hit a crescendo. And I was a big fan of that match. Oh yeah, uh, for sure. Like, and he's, you know, neither one of them are like young guys or anything. Um, no, but they're both really talented. That's like the weird thing about you don't even get to NXT hardly until like you're like 30 and you don't even get to the main roster until you're like almost 40. It seems like sometimes Uh, unless unless you're you're either super young or you're 35. Yeah, you're either Velveteen uh, Dream or you're Cassius Ono, you know, and I think yeah, and I think that's uh, the another big difference between AEW and just NXT WWE in general, um, because we're seeing guys learn and grow on the fly Sammy Guevara dude last year if you would have told me that Sammy Guevara was gonna be an absolute superstar and just be like probably like top three highlight of every week's dynamite I'd been like maybe but I doubt it but I doubt it right Sammy's Sammy's great he's he is so good uh I I mean like I am such a Sammy Guevara mark like well they gave him an opportunity and you know what's the what's the phrase for it? You grab the brass ring. <laughs> yeah, that's my Vince impression. How was it? It was good. All right, let's get I, to. Th- I I cringe just like I do whenever Vince says. <laughs> let's get to that three count. One, two, three. All right, we're gonna do our NXT takeover do-over and this week's is nxt takeover brooklyn from august 22nd 2015 let's get right into it we have oh this this was the first one away from full sale which is why several times throughout the yeah obviously a much bigger event like you could tell uh stephanie when she came out said they had fifteen thousand people there they might have been juicing that a little bit but there were plenty of chants in there where people where they were chanting "Full Sale Sucks," which I gotta admit is kind of fun. This was a hot ass crowd and a great. I mean, there's 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 greater, but this was a great takeover. Didn't, didn't you agree? Oh yeah, for sure. This was the best so far. It had such a a big show feel. Uh, Barclays Center, New York City crowd, very smarky crowd, like and a lot of them. Uh, really good card. Uh, this this show like had it all. Um, all right, it really was. Uh, you know, we 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 can spoiler alert. Best takeover we've seen so far. Yes, it's the best takeover we've seen so far. It started off with Tyler Breeze versus Jushin Liger. Uh, so, what what did you think about this match? Uh, I had seen this one a couple times already because I'm a big Liger Mark, and I, of course, had to watch the one time that he wrestled in a WWE ring. And we actually watched it like a few months ago before this COVID thing. I, when I realized that there was a TV in your, I knew there was a TV in your basement because it's right in front of us when we did the pod, but it was like never on. Right. <laughs> and uh, it's I, like, right turned now. it on and we watched it. Uh, but you know, it was just a total kind of showcase for uh, the WWE universe to see uh, a legend and arguably the greatest light heavyweight wrestler to ever live. Um, you know, at least definitely the greatest one of his era. And uh, we got to see him do all his moves. And uh, Tyler he, Breeze sold really well for him. He was also really fun. He was taunting Tyler Breeze. He grabbed the selfie stick. He did the thing in the corner where, 
you know, I mean, it, it was a it was a really fun match. Uh, Jason sent me all of his predictions and all of his star ratings for these because the motherfucker does his homework, you know, and I gave mine before I saw his. Both of us had this at three stars. What say you? Uh, I had three and a half stars, and I think it maybe maybe bumped it up a little bit because of my uh, nostalgia for watching Liger. Yeah, um, you love him. It was, yeah, it was not a, not a, um, it you know it had like good psychology, like you said, uh, but you know it wasn't it wasn't anything but like a, a showcase. You know, it was a fun curtain jerker it was a per- that's what yeah. i was just gonna say it was a perfect curtain jerker it, the crowd was loving it the crowd was eating it up liger was really playing to them and tyler breeze is such a good piece of shit heel you know yeah. i mean that that that's a that's really been a theme in the first in the first five or six weeks that we've been doing this is that tyler, i think tyler breeze has been on every show and tyler breeze is a lot of fun yeah, and he's been losing most of the matches, you know. Yeah, and it it doesn't matter because it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have Vaudevillians, Vaudevillains versus Blake and Murphy. Uh, Alexa came down. Blue Pants came down. I f- completely forgot about Blue Pants. Yeah, who the fuck is Blue Pants? I don't really remember. I remember her being a big deal back when this happened, but I don't really remember who the fuck she is, and I didn't even look it up because I guess I don't care. But Yeah, it was the same, but I, I remember I was like, Blue Pants? I'm like, are they saying Blue Pants? Yeah, her name is Blue Pants. Yeah, her name was Blue Pants. Fucking weird. But anyway, uh, not a whole lot to say about this. The Vaudevillains uh, won the belts. Um it's fun. Pop the crowd. It's fun to see how over the villains were, and <laughs> how how that that was never going to be a main roster thing. Uh, I'm afraid to say, uh, but it was real. It's really good in NXT. Jason and I also gave this the exact same rating. Zach, I'm not going to tell you. I want to hear what you have to say. Uh, 3.25 stars. Okay, Jason and I both gave it two and a half stars. So uh, it it was fun. It's it wasn't a very long match though. I mean that that's kind of, that that means something to me when I'm trying to give it stars. I guess is that they really have to have time to tell the whole story. But you know, different strokes, I guess. Next up, we Mine, had like or my my basis. I think part of it too is uh, we're watching this in front of an amazingly hot crowd, and a lot of my judgment for whether or not like a match is working and whether or not it's good is crowd reaction that's why it's so hard to rate matches anymore you know kind of tell what's what's good and what's bad because there's no crowd to react or if there is it's the crowd that knows exactly how they're supposed to react right because they're a bunch of wrestlers yeah so it still doesn't really work just as a a little Um, aside a little aside before we run out of time did you watch seth rollins versus aleister black on raw no, I didn't watch any main roster stuff this week. Man, Seth, Seth Rollins, Aleister Black was a 22-minute match at the beginning of Raw, and it was really fucking good. Uh, you should go watch it if you get a chance. I'll All watch right. it, yeah. Next up is Ty Dillinger, a.k.a. Sean Spears, versus Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews is, you know, even five years later, he's he's an unreal athlete, man. 
just completely unreal. I gave this 1.5 stars. I'm still not the biggest Ty Dillinger, Son Spears guy. I gave it 1.5 stars. Jason gave it 2.5. What'd you give it? Uh, I give it 2.5. Yeah. I think Apollo Crews, like, it's like, oh, are they finally starting to see the upside of this guy? Like, uh, Uha Nation or, you know, whatever. Like, he was a big deal coming in. He was a big People deal. Him. He was a big deal coming in. I can't remember what his name was. I can't remember what his name was. It's like Uha Nation or something. <sighs> That's probably right. Okay, Samoa Joe versus Baron Corbin. Jason, did you like this match between Samoa Joe and Baron Corbin? I, actually, I should just ask, did you like Baron Corbin in this match? Oh, hell no. What did you think, Zach? Uh, I thought it was too long because uh, Baron Corbin was still super green and he was not. Stephen Ward can see like that. Absolute veteran. Um, like he was not necessarily able to carry Corbin to a, to an excellent match here. Uh, so it was, uh, I think we could have swapped some time and made this one shorter and maybe made that tag match a little longer. Way too long. Baron Corbin and Samoa Joe. While I, I'm probably the biggest Baron Corbin Mark on the show, which isn't the same, the uh, a Baron Corbin Mark. I do like him. In fact, if, if you went back, you pro- probably find, tape of me saying that I am a Baron Corbin mark. This this match didn't work for me. I gave it 1.5 stars. What did you give it, Zach? Uh, yeah, I gave it 1.5 exactly. That's surprising. Do you want to guess what Jason marked out Cornelius Bell gave it? <laughs> no. He gave it three! Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Jason, what do you have to say about giving it three? Stevie Warner can see that. Fuck that, man. All right. Uh, we have... Okay, so now we're now we're getting into it. Stephanie comes out. Stephanie talks about... She still says Divas, but she announces the Sasha Banks versus Bailey match. I'll go first. This is a tremendous match. This is maybe the best women's match in WWE up until that time. It's probably still not the best, but I'd say it's still probably on the short list of best women's matches in WWE of all time. I gave it four and a half stars. What do you got it at, Zach? I had 4.5 stars as well. Um, This, in my opinion, absolutely up until this moment was the best women's match uh, and still top five, maybe even top three. Definitely top five, though. off the top of my head, uh, there was some other really great NXT matches like Asuka Ember Moon, which where the hell is Ember Moon? I think she's injured. Yeah, um, she's injured. But I mean, like they had some awesome shit and Asuka had some really good matches. And I think that my favorite overall was uh, Becky Charlotte at Evolution. I think that's my favorite women's match uh, in WWE, the last woman standing match. And I don't even like that gimmick, uh, but this was a phenomenal, phenomenal match. We both gave it four and a half stars. Jason Cornelius Bell gave it four point seven five stars. So I was you, teetering. I almost I almost did that. I almost did too. If you guys haven't seen this match, I recommend going and watching this match. This is the NXT Takeover Brooklyn, and if you haven't watched this pay per view at all, it's worth watching. The main event is Kevin Owens versus the Demon Finn Balor in a ladder match for the belt. I'll let you go first. Uh, so, um, 
I am interested actually to uh, to see like uh, I'm interested to know what you thought about it just because um, I know how much you love Kevin Owens and I know how much you hate the demon. <laughs> so, I did. Like, well, just I I don't I don't want to parse words here. I do, I hate the demon gimmick. I mean, I was hitting fast forward. I have the 10 second fast forward thing on my iPad while I was watching it and it took forever to get through that demon entrance, man. I fucking hate it. And I hate that he's dressed up like that. That being said, if you're going to have a guy who has supernatural powers or who comes out like that, it's best to have him against a guy that looks just like a regular dude like Kevin Owens. So that being said, I know that those guys are really great friends, and I I do enjoy the dichotomy before be between those two wrestlers, right? There were some big spots. Yeah, one's one's there, all pageantry, like yes. Finn Balor is all pageantry, yes. and Kevin Owens is all just like you said, he's like a total normal dude yeah it's like you you're all pageantry and i'm just normal dude you know that's why that's why this works which one of us looks more like ko though i've been working on that belly i tell you what if you <laughs> if you took me and you and just blended us together on a picture we would probably look exactly <laughs> like ko um and just gave us a canadian accent yeah, <laughs> yeah uh I, I love this match. There were a lot of big spots in this match. The storytelling in it was tremendous. I gave it four and a quarter star. Yeah, I had uh, exactly four stars. I want to, like, I mean, you can mince, mix, you know, yeah. mince words with, you know, quarter stars. Like, you know, I feel like with when you're within a quarter, you thought about the same in the match. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, ladder match was fun. They don't over. They had not at this time overused the ladder match gimmick in NXT, um, and I thought the way that they told the story, where Kevin Owens like picked this match specifically because he was really good at it, um, whereas Finn Balor was, you know, totally new to it. I thought that, that was you know good, and they did a good job of hammering that home. Uh, but yeah, it was a really well wrestled match, uh, some fun spots, and uh, just a good good main event. And again. Uh, we had a, and at least in my opinion, this is like the second time, like a undercard woman's match outshone the men's main event match. Yeah, and we're starting to get into the era now. I, th I think this upcoming takeover that we're getting ready to do predictions on real quick is the 30th one, I think. But we're getting into it where every single takeover is better than the last. And yeah. I'll tell you what, we got a bunch of takeovers to go, and it's it's going to get better and it better. Takes a few years for that to be different. <laughs> and I'm, I'm I, yeah, and I'm I'm really excited for to watch a takeover every week. I think this is a lot of fun. I think it's a really good gimmick, and I think that makes us the best podcast going. Yep, that's a very humble way to look at it. <laughs> okay, <laughs> we're doing predictions. This is from <laughs> okay, uh, for NXT takeover this week. Jason sent me his predictions. We got Ciampa versus Karrion Cross. Who you got, Zach Pullman? Uh, Karrion Cross, you don't you don't come in this hot. Uh, you don't build a guy like this. Give him that entrance. Give him that valet. And I know that they're an item, but you don't like you don't do all that even to lose to 
Champa, who is like you know NXT's daddy almost as much as Triple H is, right? It's like if Triple H is the father, like Champa's like the stepdad that you actually prefer going to his house. Um, <laughs> did you have a stepdad? I, I did not. I am one though. How do you know this? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> I'm, but I'm I'm not the one that. They're, that's preferred <laughs> <laughs> that's not even i prefer going to your house um so we got charlotte flair rhea ripley and io shirai in a triple threat match oh hey, what, I was, sh- what was your oh sorry yeah i'm taking cross two and j bell's taking cross two j bell sent me his shit too um next up we have charlotte flair rhea ripley and io shirai i want you to go least to most likely um, I'm going to say Charlotte, EO, Rhea, unfortunately. That's not what I would do. That's least to most? That is. Oh, least to most. That's most to least. I'm okay. sorry. Okay. So, All right. Yeah. Least least to most would be Rhea, EO, Charlotte. Okay. I am doing almost the same thing. I'm picking Charlotte Flair to win. I'm taking Rhea Ripley second. Io Shirai, I'm taking last. Uh, Jason Bell has same thing that I do. Charlotte, Rhea Ripley, and Io Shirai. Yeah, that's right. Well, okay. There's, there's the hill that I die on. Yep. Man, you're always dying on these hills, man. We got uh, Finn Balor versus Damian Priest, which I watched all of NXT. I don't remember them bringing this up. Uh, yeah, so, uh, well, they don't, they haven't talked about it a lot, but I mean, the angle was whenever, uh, Cameron Grimes beat Finn, uh, Damian Priest came out and basically showed that he was the one that attacked Finn because Finn was all mad that right. somebody attacked him. So, yeah. So, I mean, they did the angle, but they're, they're not really hammering this one home as far as promoting it. Who do you got? Uh, this is tough, uh, because Finn literally just lost, a. Cameron Grimes and I mean he's just such a superstar uh, I have a hard time seeing them pinning him twice in a row even to like Priest needs a thing I, I feel like I gotta give it to, to Finn Balor just I it wouldn't, it wouldn't be what I would do but I feel like it's there uh, yeah we all agree on this we're all taking Finn Balor I can't see him making him lose two in a row uh, for the belts or for the North American Championship, we have Keith Lee versus Johnny Gargano. Who you got? Oh, this is hard, man. Um, but I'm still going to bet against my boy. Usually I would bet with my rebel heart, not my mind. But uh, I can't do it. I'm going to have to go Keith Lee. Man, all three of us agree again. Yes, I have Keith Lee also. Jason has Keith Lee. Oh, you know what? Fuck. No, I just messed up. up. You guys always think that I'm changing it, but sometimes I just forget who I was thinking about earlier. But I was thinking (laughs) it would be better to have Keith Lee chasing. Uh, You know what? I'm changing it to Gargano. Right on, making it interesting. I'll, I'll give you the opportunity to change it too if you want to. Nah. Okay, and then finally we have Adam Cole hey! versus Velveteen Dream. I'll go first. I'm taking Adam Cole. 
and I will let Jason Bell go second. Jason, do you want to go second? Oh, hell no. Oh, he says no. Well, uh, what are you taking, Zach? Uh, this one's a little bit opposite, uh, even though I'm I'm going to have to pick with Cole because I have to I have to think that they realize that Dream is not ready for this. Even if they want him to be, uh, he's not ready. And but I could see them still doing it, like because I, I said last week that I think they want a homegrown boy as their champion and not a guy who was taught elsewhere, right? Boy, huh? Um, they went, boy. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> oh. That was just a poor choice of words. You know what's funny is uh, I remember seeing uh, Forgotten Sons face, um, not private party, but uh, God damn, it's terrible. <laughs> Street Profits? <laughs> Street Profits. Here we go again. I uh, can't tell them apart. Uh, but, um, Fucking racist. I, I remember whenever that happened, seeing people online saying that there were a lot of boys thrown around in that uh, in that match. And I know I remember like Undertaker, he would call people boy. But it wasn't like when he was wrestling black people, he was just it's like, he would just call them boy. Right? I'll uh, tell you what, from but, what I know about the Forgotten Sons, that is sh- shocking. <laughs> But anyway, yeah, they got off track there. I pick Adam Cole. I pick Adam Cole, too. Uh, Jason is taking Velveteen Dream. So those are our picks for NXT In Your House Takeover this Saturday night, I believe. Uh, hopefully, I'll be around watching it. I really want to watch it. And... Um, yeah, that's about it. Hold on a second, everybody. This is banned from ringside. We got some birthdays this week. Gorilla Monsoon, RIP, would have been 83. Ahmed Johnson is 50. Drew McIntyre, 35. Superstar Billy Graham only would have been 77. Howard Finkel is still with us, I believe. He's 70. Mick Foley is 50. He just died, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. Finkel just died. RIP, Howard Finkel. You were the best, man. Uh, Mick Foley is 55. Tatanka. The same age as Mick Foley. Is that, does that sound weird? Uh, yeah, it really does. That sounds weird, uh, but that's what this website told me. Liv Morgan is 26, and Dan Severn is 62. Hey, everybody. We know there's tons of podcasts to listen to, so we appreciate you guys listening to our podcast. For Jason Cornelius Bell, for F&B Eatery, for my entire household and all the beautiful people and animals that I live with, for Two Beer Zach Pullman, for Bo Vice Geesman, uh, we're checking out for now. Uh, next week, we'll be watching the next takeover, the one after Brooklyn in August of 2015. Check it out if you want to watch it with us. Everybody, Black Lives Matter and Boo the Heat!